All right, guys, and welcome to another edition of Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. It's divisional round playoff time, guys. We've had a little bit of coaching news. I've been trying to get a guest star on here to um, come talk to the coaching carousel with me, but unfortunately, he has been able to join me. So let's just dive into a little bit of the coaching um, things that have happened this last week. Namely, let's let's start off with um, the two ones that are that are for sure hired. So we got the Patriots; they hired Gerard Mayo. Now it was in his contract that once Belichick retired or left or whichever, I guess uh, Mayo was to be the coach. If not, he was to be released from his contract and go wherever he would like. Well, instead of doing that, they decided to honor that contract. So they had Mayo the whole time. They basically have known that this is going to be Gerard Mayo probably for the last year or so, if not more, whenever Mayo signed the contract. So am I shocked by this? I'm a little bit, especially with Mike Vrabel being out there, that you don't even you don't even talk to him. But I guess if you went for Vrabel, you're going to lose Mayo because there's no guarantee that he's going to stay. And I know he's going to probably be a little bit of a hot commodity. So the Patriots just said, heck with it. We're going to roll the dice. We know this guy. We're going to go with him. Um, I think it's not a bad move. I'm really interested to see because the main thing is now they've got to put a GM with mail. Gerard Mail, that is. And so the GM doesn't necessarily get to pick his coach. It's got to be the right person for this situation. Belichick was the coach and the GM for so long that now you're talking about restructuring the whole... Kid and Caboodle. You're talking about getting a different power structure in there. I mean, the building has been run under Belichick in so many ways for so long. Now, supposedly the news came out this week that the crafts were a lot more involved. I don't know. We'll see. I The Mayo hire is interesting. I it, The main thing is, what are they going to do on offense? What are they going to do? I mean, their defense is going to be fine because Mayo was a part of that defense. And Belichick's defenses were always okay. It's about the personnel and it's about the offense. They got to bring in the right person for the offensive coordinator. They got to figure out what offensive identity they have. I, you know, their receivers aren't that great. Their running backs, pretty decent, but their quarterback. What are they doing? Supposedly, Mac, you know, Kraft wanted Mac Jones. Belichick thought Mac Jones was washed up. Is Mac Jones pretty much done in New England? I think so, but I can't really say yes for a definitive fact. Anyways, that's my thoughts on the little Patriots hire. Next up, the, the the Las Vegas Raiders and Antonio Pierce. I applaud Mark Davis for this hire. He needed to do this, and this was the right maneuver. This all goes back to about two years ago when Rich Basaccia took the Raiders to the playoffs after John Gruden had been forced to leave. And I say that with air quotes. And Mark Davis didn't make that hire. He decided to go out of the box and get Josh McDaniels. And really, the team did not necessarily like that. The locker room liked Rich Passaccia. And it's like, well, why didn't you just go with him? Well, he wanted to make a splash. Now, this time around, Antonio Pierce takes over for Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce is very well liked in the locker room. Antonio Pierce... Leads the Raiders to a much, much better record than they probably should have had. Especially when you think about that they're starting Aiden O'Connell for most of the year. And it's nothing against Aiden O'Connell. He's just a very unproven rookie. 
Now, with Belichick and Harbaugh out there, you thought Mark Davis, oh, you might make a splash for one of them. No, he decided to do the right thing and then hire Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce was well-liked in the locker room. Antonio Pierce had that locker room going the right way. And he decided, you know what? Why shake this up all the time? Just stick with it. And you know what? I can't blame him for that. I really can't. I like Antonio Pierce a lot. You know, there was uh, news coming out that he realizes that he knows what he doesn't know. And that he's going to bring in some experienced um, coordinators to help him or consultants or whichever. And I don't think that that's a bad idea. They floated Tom Coughlin's name out there. I think they floated another name I can't remember off the top of my head. That's not a horrible idea for him. Antonio Pierce is a solid guy. I think he's the right choice for the Raiders. Needless to say, good job, Mark Davis. Not to mention, you know, it probably to factor in that he's probably still pay- paying Gruden and still paying McDaniels. Antonio Pierce, you might be able to get a little cheaper than Belichick and Hardball, too. But, needless to say, it's still a great hire. Good job, Mark Davis. All right, now let's talk about the ones that are open right now. The Chargers interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Supposedly, they want to bring in Mike Vrabel, too. Um, I think the Chargers' job is Harbaugh's if he wants it. I really do. I think it's Harbaugh's job if he wants it. That's the news that's kind of coming on out. I'm not, like, you know, spreading out rumors here. It just depends on how that structure is probably going to work there. How does Harbaugh get his, like, what's his power structure? This is where, this is the game that he's playing. Because I think that's why he went and talked to the Falcons. I don't know if he's going to talk to any other teams. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not talking to the Panthers or Commanders. Sorry, you can move right along. That's my own thing. You know, or Titans, sorry. I mean, I don't think Harbaugh's going there. I could see him in the Chargers. I could see him in the Falcons. The thing that I think Harbaugh wants, and the news I'm hearing from other people, from other reporters, is that he wants the certain power structure. He didn't get along with necessarily the owner in San Francisco. They got things done. and But, you know, just the same way with the GM, Trent Balky. He didn't get along with him. So a lot of this is going to be lined up on how hit Jim Harbaugh's power is. Is he the last say? Is he the first say and last say? All of that stuff. So I think the Chargers will hand it to Harbaugh if he wants it. But the thing is, I don't know if he wants it. You know, he's trying to renegotiate with Michigan that says that his contract basically, he can't get fired for any indiscretion if the NCAA finds any violations or anything. So he can't get fired for that. I think where Jim Harbaugh comes down to either Chargers or Michigan, I don't think there's any other teams. That's that's my thought, but we'll see. The Falcons have uh, interviewed a couple people. They want to interview a few more. Um, they they bring in Bill Belichick for a second interview. I think the Belichick to the Falcons thing is, is pretty real. And a lot of that has to do with they have a pretty good structure of a team in place. They need the quarterback, which I can't necessarily say Bill has chosen that great as of late on quarterbacks, but that is neither here nor there. I think the Falcons will probably go with Belichick. I could see that. But my main question to a lot of people out here, and I know that they just are, I think they were just interviewing him, but what, where is Mike Vrabel in all of this? Mike Vrabel is a heck of a coach. I would have put all the money I had to say he was going to the Patriots and then the Patriots shop came open and then all of a sudden this Gerard Mayo thing came out. 
I mean, is Vrabel just going to go to the Seahawks? I mean, that's that's the talk that the Seahawks is the is the is the spot. I don't know. And as for the Titans and Panthers, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to be probably the last ones on the carousel, waiting for it to stop. I think the Commanders are have their eyes focused on uh, the coordinator from Detroit, Johnson, the offensive coordinator. I think they've got their eyes laser focused on him. Um because he's done so well with Jared Goff and the Detroit offense. They've got the number two pick of the draft. They could possibly move up and trade with the Bears to number one. So they can get their quarterback and they just go with it. So that's my thoughts on the little coaching carousel. I don't think Carroll's going to coach again. I don't think Arthur Smith is going to be a head coach again. He's going to have to settle for offensive coordinator. Um, But I can't really say that I'd be that impressed with him as an offensive coordinator. Especially with what he did in the Falcons. Ron Rivera supposedly still wants a coach. He wants he you know he's willing to accept a defensive coordinator position. You know what? If I'm a team, I, I definitely I definitely maybe look at that guy. Ron Rivera has been a solid person amongst a lot of different things going on. He's had been in two franchises that have had new owners. He's had to survive for like a year and then he gets canned. But he's kept the locker rooms basically together. I mean, look at what he did in Washington. That that place was a dumpster fire, and he kept that together. All right, guys. So there you go. That's my coaching carousel talk. I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. Let's preview real quick, and let's get into to uh, the divisional round weekend. We've got Houston visiting Baltimore today. Yeah, this one, this one, this one. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, the it's a little snowy. I like Baltimore in it. I do. I do like Baltimore. I think Baltimore's defense is just a little too much than what the Texans can probably put up with. Cleveland's defense was good, but Baltimore's is a little bit more disciplined. I think the Baltimore's not going to over aggress be over aggressive like Cleveland's defense. I think they're going to kind of keep it together. That being said. I think Houston's going to keep it a little closer than than nine and a half. Um, I think that's that's a pretty high number. I know Baltimore is the best team, probably in the NFL right now. Houston scares me a little bit, guys. Houston can definitely uh, cause a little friction, but thing is, Houston's weapons are limited. They found some uh, decent like little maneuvers last week that. Kind of, you know, surprised Cleveland. You know, backup tight end scored like a seventy-three yard touchdown. That kind of thing. Baltimore's not going to let that happen. Not today. So, but needless to say, I like Baltimore. I like Houston plus nine and a half, and I like the over forty-three and a half. I think Houston could lose by like a touchdown, but nine and a half seems a little bigger. Okay, let's go to tonight's game, and then we'll get into the peas with PJ. Green Bay versus San Francisco. Oh my gosh. All right. Here's here's my here's my thoughts for you guys. Here's my thoughts. I've picked San Francisco since the beginning of the year. Anybody that's listened to this podcast, I've been on the San Francisco train since the beginning of the year. I picked San Francisco preseason. Green Bay. I picked them to be in the playoffs too. I did. I did. If Green Bay My hated rival knocks out my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to be very upset. I'm just going to tell you that right now. San Francisco gets knocked out by Green Bay. I'm going to be very upset. So this game scares me a little bit. I think uh, Love is playing great. 
But at the end of the day, I do think San Francisco wins. I can't go against them. San Francisco, Green Bay plus 10, though, because those pesky Packers never go freaking away. And I'll take the over 50 and a half. I think San Francisco is going to score. I think Green Bay is going to maybe score some points late to kind of bring it a little bit closer, maybe within like seven or six. But I think you're going to see San Francisco win Green Bay plus 10 over 50 and a half. Let's get into it. Peas with PJ. Okay. Be prepared. I've got a little bit of stuff here. Get your pad out. Get your pad out. We got a lot of action going on today. All right. Let's start off with this bet. It was one point to be scored in every quarter of each game. Now, I've done this bet for the playoffs last week, and I did this bet um, for week 18, I think, for all the games on Saturday or whichever one. This is a good bet. That means either team, doesn't matter, can put, is going to put up a point in every quarter. It was like plus, uh, plus 105. Take it. Take it all day. I took it. Take it. We're only talking about four games here. We're talking about 16 quarters. One point in each quarter. Field goal. Touchdown. Safety. Whatever. Take it. Next up, let's go to the Baltimore. Let's get you a couple little ones going here. I like Lamar Jackson. All right, let's do a little Lamar Jackson um, bet for you. 50-plus alternate rushing yards. 225 alternate passing yards. Over one and a half touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. Plus 355. Take it. Now let's give a little C.J. Stroud love, though. Let's give C.J. a little bit of something. Maybe he's going to have a little bit of a game. So 225 alternate passing yards and over one and a half touch passing touchdowns. Plus 248. You could take that as well. I've got a nice defensive parlay for you for the Baltimore-Houston game. Patrick Queen, over 7.5 tackles and assists. Kyle Hamilton, over 4.5 tackles and assists. Blake Cashman, over 7.5 tackles and assists. And Petra, over five and a half tackles and assists so basically that's a safety in the middle linebacker for each team getting tackles and assists plus 1500 okay that is some good action those are pretty much the top tacklers on both teams i think kyle hamilton's gonna be busy they move them all over the field uh petro they do the same thing patrick queen and blake cashman are monsters in the middle okay they are going to be doing some action so be prepared for that all right Let's move right along here. Now, I don't like to always take these, but DraftKings put out one of those like little like, oh, hey, take me parlays. So I took it. So you can be ready for it. Here we go. Just just take it with a grain of salt. Like I would say like one out of like 10 of these hit, if, if that. They're usually outlandish, but I didn't mind this one. So that's why I took it. Okay. So the bet is Baltimore, Moneyline, Gus Edwards, anytime touchdown, 50 plus receiving yards, alternate receiving yards for Zay Flowers. That's going to be paired up with San Francisco money line, Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, and 50-plus alternate receiving yards for Debo, plus 687. I like that one. Gus Edwards is usually running the ball in for Baltimore on the one. McCaffrey is a touchdown machine. I like Baltimore and San Francisco to win. And those are the pretty much two receivers that can catch 50 yards. So roll the dice, but plus 687, that's some good action. All right, let's go on to the some more t- uh, Green Bay San Francisco parlays or props. So here's another one I did: Debo Samuel anytime touchdown, 
And then Debo Samuel, over 16 and a half rushing yards, plus 216. Let's get, so I did I did two different uh, San Francisco bets here. I got one of them that I made the other day, so the lines might have changed a little bit. McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. Brock Purdy, over one and a half touchdowns. Debo Samuel was over 57 and a half receiving yards that day. I think it's 61 and a half today. Take it. And then Brandon Ayuk, over four and a half receptions. You put those four things together, plus 485. Okay, one more for you for the for the Niners. I know I'm a Niners fanatic, but they 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 like offense, and I like offense, so they go for it. Okay, sixty plus receiving alternate receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk, twenty five plus alternate receiving yards for McCaffrey, forty plus alternate receiving yards for George Kittle, and fifty plus alternate receiving yards for Debo Samuel. Those four together plus three thirty. Just because I can't leave those buttheads out, here's a Green Bay Packers one for you. 225 alternate passing yards for Jordan Love. Aaron Jones anytime touchdown. And Devontae Wicks 25 plus alternate receiving yards plus 234. Guys, there you go. I'm going to give you the piece for PJ on this Saturday. Stay tuned tomorrow morning. I'll be back. I'll talk about the Tampa Bay and Detroit game. I'll talk about the Kansas City and Buffalo game. That's going to be wild. It's going to be a great game. I'll give you some Sunday peas with PJ. Stay tuned. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining Just a Guy Talk a Football Podcast with PJ Janky. I am out.